Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for August 21st, 2007. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined each week by our Orlando team, including Bob Varley, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. In this week's show, we're going to discuss the top news stories on the Diz, including the latest on rumors of a possible deal with George Lucas to expand his influence at the Disney parks. In this week's dining review, Kevin Close will tell us about his recent visit to the Nine Dragons restaurant at the China Pavilion in Epcot. Bob Raleigh will tell us about the new space shuttle simulation attraction at the Kennedy Space Center. And John Magi will update us on some of the new discounts that are available in and around Walt Disney World. All that plus Roundtable Rapid Fire and your emails on this week's edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Now in uh, housekeeping, first I want to offer, I think we all want to offer our congratulations to Lou Mangello of WDW Radio. He was the winner this year of the Best Travel Podcast. I was glad to see that at least if we weren't, if we didn't win, that, that a di- another Disney podcast did. And I think with the number, especially given the number of Disney podcasts that were nominated in a few different categories this year, it just shows how, how strong this community is in its creativity and what it's putting into not just websites, but, but podcasts as well. So uh, congratulations to you, Lou. You, uh, you deserve it. You have a great show. I actually listened for the first time uh, a few, few days ago. And uh, wonderful show. You deserve to win it, and we're, we're thrilled for you. So wanted to make sure we, we got that out there. So with that out of the way, we'll get started with the news. And uh, we're only going to do two news stories this week because I only found two that I thought were really worth talking about. So uh, the first one is uh, in regards to the announcement that Westgate Resorts are going to be adding timeshares out in Disneyland. This is according to the Orange County Register. The space above the Garden Walk Mall in Anaheim, which is currently under construction, has been purchased by David Siegel with Westgate Resorts and will have units ranging from one to three bedrooms and some with views overlooking Disneyland. While the number of units being built or the cost was not released, the timeshare project is expected to come online late in 2009. Now, Kevin, you used to work for uh, for Westgate. They're not... Uh, what do you think? Look at Kevin's face. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, I think it's it's nice that they're going to put in some low-income vacation. That's right. Okay, I didn't want to say that <laughs> because I didn't know where Kevin was. But, you know, yeah, these are not these are not exactly Disney Vacation Club no, standard uh, timeshares. Also, a lot of times things like this are done to stop the competition from buying it or to block someone else from doing it. I'd actually like to wait and see if this really happens. Really? Yeah. I know because the, the the rumors have been rampant for a while now that Disney Vacation Club, um, it's all but confirmed that Disney Vacation Club is going to be building out there, is going to be opening um, a, a, a resort in the Disneyland area. And so I thought it was interesting that, you know, Westgate of all places, because, again, this is – Westgate is kind of like the the carnival cruise lines of, of, of timeshares. Um, this is where you go when you don't have the money to get a good one. It's a, it's a sore spot for yeah, you. Yeah, I'm not a not a not a big fan. Although I wasn't when I worked there either. So I was <laughs> to say you didn't really like it when you worked there. So I well, their loss was certainly our gain. You thank know? you. I I don't understand the concept of timeshare. The only one that makes sense to me really is Disney Vacation Club. Um, it, it's a well, there are some other good. Some well-run timeshare companies out there. Oh, that, I'm not suggesting. You know, I think for me, I'm not suggesting that whether they're well-run or not. I just don't understand the concept of it. I know too many people who have them and don't use them. Yeah, and it's also an impulse purchase. It is, and they prey on that heavily. As a matter of fact, it was a common practice that to tell people that no, you can't call back tomorrow and buy this. If you don't buy it today, don't bother us. Yeah. And I've also heard. You know, who wears the pants in your family? Why can't you make a decision? Why do you have to discuss this? And I think those sales tactics, excuse me, those sales tactics. Which Westgate is renowned they're for. They're pretty harsh, huh? They're, yeah, they're pretty harsh. They don't yeah. stop until you, until yeah, you buy. It's a very, very high-pressure environment. I'm always uh, questioning, is it really worth two Disney tickets to sit through that? But I don't work there anymore, so. Yeah. I don't think it is. Mm. <laughs> 90 minutes, two tickets. Yeah. <laughs> the minute you get out in 90 minutes, you call me, okay? Yeah, exactly. I've never, been, a, I've never been in one. It's I never a will. four to five hour presentation. Don't let anybody kid you. And unless you're smart enough to know that you're only legally obligated to the 90 minutes, they don't like letting you go. Yeah, I'm sure. Insane. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if they actually, if they actually build them and if they do, how they're going to price them. 
against uh, Disney Vacation Club because I think that's going to be. Uh, well, it seems to me that that's a market that's wide open. Oh, out there, I think it's completely wide open. So I think Disney Vacation Club needs to get off their butt and do it. I don't know why they haven't yet. Yeah. Really and truly, it was it was a great idea when we first heard about it three years ago. Stop talking about it and do it. Exactly, exactly. And the other news story I want to discuss uh, today, uh, we had been talking about this a few months ago that uh, I thought the only possible way that uh, Disney was going to be able to compete with Harry Potter being introduced into Islands of Adventure in 2009 was for them to expand their relationship uh, with George Lucas and Star Wars properties and the Indiana Jones properties. And it appears that there are some rumors going around now that that's what's going to happen. Uh, from what we're hearing, uh, that uh, an entire section of Disney MGM Studios or Disney Hollywood Studios, whatever the heck they're going to be calling it, is going to be dedicated, is going to be reformatted around George Lucas properties. And that's going to extend from the Indiana Jones outpost over to Tatooine Traders. Uh, among this, uh, we've talked about the, uh, the addition of the Jedi Academy training stage yep. being added permanently now. Yeah. Uh, Star, War- Star Tours is going to undergo, finally, a new movie, which they're saying will be a 3D movie. Wow. So that could be real interesting. And that the stunt show, the Indiana Jones stunt show, is going to be shuttered and something else done in that space. It's about time. I think so. I That's think also so. a really I, good location. That whole sort of sweeping corner through exactly. there seems it's almost always wasted and you just kind of blow through there. That's a really great use of that space. I have an opinion about this. This has something to do with the name change. We oh, had yeah. Heard, we had heard that this name change hadn't really even been discussed and that they registered the domain names of Disney Hollywood Studios just a short time before they announced to the public, which is not the normal way or the usual way that Disney does this. I have a feeling that Disney Hollywood Studios will not be the name for long. No, I think, you know, I I would be surprised if you didn't see Lucas's name in there or the Skywalker Ranch name in there somewhere, if it's not going to be a, uh, you know, something with him. But, you know, on the Indiana Jones stuff, it's not just uh, Lucas, it's Spielberg as well. Um, Spielberg and Lucas both um, are the creative minds behind the Indiana Jones stuff. So I wonder what his involvement is going to be given his attachment to Universal. I was just going to say that there's no secret that Spielberg has aligned himself with Universal. So that but not might exclusively. Be, yeah. There's no. no exclusivity there. What Universal does have is the right of first refusal on the theme park version of anything that uh, DreamWorks uh, does, anything that Spielberg does. So, but beyond that, there's no exclusivity. There's nothing saying Spielberg can't work with Disney. He has. We already. might see uh, the focus of Indiana Jones go away. Well, that could be something. Well, else. They, but they are also getting ready to do Indiana Jones four. Right, and the that's coffee the point, recliner. That, that's the point I wanted to make. The Indiana Jones uh, show at, at MGM, I, I don't believe it's going away. I think they're going to redo some of the scenes to take in Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones 4. 4. That's what I had read. I read it somewhere the past week, but I think that's what's going to happen with that. And just to make another mention, the the show area that um, – oh, hold on. Let me think. They're going to call it Indiana Jones, the AARP years. No, the, the place. Quest uh, <laughs> uh, the, the Bones. The, no, the guy with the hump. Um, oh, the hunchback. Hunch, of hunchback. <clears throat> the hunchback. The, the guy with. The, there was a visual that went along. I like with that. how I like how the podcast has turned into charades. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but <laughs> sounds that, like there's there's an area there that. Hasn't isn't being used right now. All it is is a, a, a solid wall with San Francisco in the background. As long as we're talking about this, I'm going to make a prediction. You ready? Out of completely out of left field, Mark, write this down. Princess Giselle, the next big Disney princess. You'll be seeing. I have a, my guess is that something that's going to go in that show has to do with the movie Enchanted. Okay. They have written this movie. They have processed this movie. They have done product placement already for this movie. It's opening November, Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. It's the 11 Is that mil- with Patrick Dempsey? Right. Yeah. It's, a, it's going to be a short 11-minute animated film, and then it jumps into a live-action film right. where a Disney princess comes to New York City. 
ladies and gentlemen, start saving your Christmas pennies. Princess Giselle's going to be big. They're going to hit you with it everywhere. And we're going to see a bigger presence at Disney for the Christmas season of Princess Giselle. Well, let, Just, me, let me make a prediction um, <laughs> regarding their, these there rumored plans. There are no plans. Stradamus today. Well, regarding, <laughs> regarding these, these plans for, with George Lucas, if this is what they're doing, it's not going to be nearly enough. They are going to have to do something out of this world to compete with Harry Potter, let alone The Simpsons. What if, and I think there okay. was some, there was a lot of discussion when they first announced The Simpsons of people saying it's too old, it doesn't have the popular appeal, $350 million at the box office, making it one of the biggest animated films in history, I think has pretty much settled that argument, that it absolutely has not only great appeal, but international appeal, yeah. because it's not only doing well at the U.S. box office, it's doing phenomenal overseas. Well, 10 plus years on the air, that says something, right? So you've right? got that in 2008, followed up with Harry Potter in 2009. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're going to have to do better than a new movie at Star Tours and, and reworking a few scenes at the Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular if you're going to compete with that. But there's that arrogance level again. you know. And I think that in their minds, they really believe that anything Universal does is not really going to have that much of an impact on them. And I think they may be, they may be shooting themselves in the foot. They really, if they're going to do something to counter that, they need to start leaking out a lot more than this to everybody so that they can start generating some buzz and get a feel for what's going to work. This would be nice. Believe me, a new movie at Star Tours would be nice. But this is a rehab on steroids. This isn't, this isn't a creative new venture for the park along the lines of what, of what I think Universal is doing. So, and I don't want to go too much into Universal because that's for yeah. another podcast. But I really do believe that this is the only va- the only way they can go is to go with George Lucas to counter that, and they're going to have to go further than this. I don't think I don't know if this is going to be Star Wars themed or part of this, but Disney is going in the works ha- has in the works um, probably one of the best new rides that's ever going to come out. Have you read that um, article about how they went and they looked at that uh, ride mechanism from yeah, the theme park? The trackless ride. Yeah, it's the a trackless, trackless ride, ride mechanism. System. You're going to see them come out. They're going to have something that rivals Spider-Man. Hmm. Well, let's see. And uh, even Spider-Man, while it's been lauded and been given accolades, it doesn't detract from the Disney the Disney patina. I mean, it's not like people well, are Spider-Man saying, was, you know, that, that ride was the, the hottest thing on, 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 on Earth eight years ago. Right, but so, it didn't take people away from Disney, I don't think. So I don't know that – I think Disney's attitude has historically always been – Go ahead. Yeah, but we're talking about more than a ride now. Yeah. We're talking I about understand. a whole theme park area, and we're talking about a hotel. This is the, oh, a Star Wars-themed hotel. No, I'm talking about the Harry Potter stuff. The oh, Harry Potter oh. stuff. So. What about a Star Wars-themed hotel? You'd be in heaven, huh, Bob? I would. Well, uh, it's, Look at uh, all the people that would have You know what? Me. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. You got, you got pockets. When you have pockets as deep as Disney does, and... Uh, the kind of development budget they could put into into doing something. I, I don't know why y'all say the name Disney's Hollywood Studios isn't going to stick. It's not going to stick with me. I'm going to call it MGM for probably to the day I die. But no, well, you think they're going to announce this? It sounds and then like it was cha- just a flip, flip it back to it should, MGM. Yes. No, no, not no. flip it back to MGM. It's going to be something. It's going to have another name. This was. I don't think this is. I think this is a placeholder. A I placeholder think it's an interim name. name. It's going to be Disney's High School Musical <laughs> Park, Park Studios, Hell, starring you know, Princess Giselle. High School Musical too. You know, it broke all. It broke all records. All records mm-hmm. Most watched show on cable ever. Do you know? I read a thing the other day that said it was watched more than all of the. That premiere was watched more than all of the other cable channels combined. combined. Sixteen point two million. It's uh, massive. Million viewers. My little Taylor was one of those viewers. Well, that's, <laughs> those are the kind of numbers that are reserved only for the best of the best network television shows. Those are the numbers that Heroes gets. Those are the numbers that Lost gets. Yeah, like the so, Idol finale. Yeah, you you look at the biggest you know the biggest show on cable up to this point regularly is is the O'Reilly Factor on Fox and that gets about two million visit, two million uh, uh, viewers a night. So that kind of gives you an idea. They I'm really not, hit one out of the park. I'm not one of them. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> well, and, 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 and critical reviews have been very good. Usually um, mm-hmm. these, these sequels do not get good reviews. You know, this is the grease for yeah. today's tween yep. and teen. Yep. Yep. So and, how could, you know. And they're going to attack getting those people drawn in. Yep. And it's made a, 
it's going to make a, a huge star out of Zac Efron, a star of Already high school. Already has. Yeah. Well, he's just getting bigger and bigger. Already has. He's getting bigger and bigger. You saw so. him in Hairspray. He did a great job in Hairspray. I have yeah, to go see that. Yeah, he has gotten good movie. reviews. It's Try a, to see it in the theaters. I have to. It's a, it's a feel-good movie, and... It's fun. It's going to make you laugh. It's going to make you tap your toes. And it goes really fast. I thought it was great. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, that will do it for the news this week, folks. We're going to move on and do our rapid fire segment. And which one of you nice folks would like to I'm going to go first. Mine ties into one of your news stories. All right, John. Go ahead. Uh, We have heard that officially the Disney Vacation Club Resorts are going to be transitioning to a new name. They're going to be called the Disney Deluxe Villa Resorts. This has nothing to do with Disney Vacation Club as a whole or how it works. It's just the resorts, Boardwalk Villas, Old Key West, are now going to be clumped under this name of Disney Deluxe Villas Resorts. And the idea behind this, from what we're hearing from Disney, is that in the past people didn't realize that they could rent uh, um, those particular rooms the same way they could rent a regular room at a resort. They thought they reserved specifically for vacation club members. So what they wanted to do is make it a little more friendly so people know that they can take those rooms on a nightly basis if they're available. All right. Thank you, John. Kevin. Disney Cruise Line has a new Sail Away party called Adventures Away Sail Away Celebration. This is already on the Disney Magic. It began when the Magic left for Barcelona on the transatlantic cruise. But it's going to start, um, well, it started on the 19th. On the Disney Wonder, and it's going to be their new themed show for the Sail Away Party. Adventures Away, Sail Away Celebration. Cool. Thank you very much. Corey? I have two updates. The uh, The main pool at Disney's Caribbean Beach is going through a, a long rehab January 8th through September 15th of 2008. The old Port Royale pool is going to be going through rehab. But the other two pools will be open, and they're actually adding slides to those pools during this whole rehab. And also, the um, ESPN, the weekend schedule, has been released for 2008, February 29th through March 2008. Um, No athletes have been announced for this yet or ESPN broadcasters, but I'm going to make a prediction. (laughs) Does it have to do with Princess Giselle? uh, No, (laughs) it's another princess. I think the main... Special guest or athlete is going to be Michael Vick. <laughs> I knew you. I th- I'm not touching. That. I think they're going to have Pluto drag him around the park by his earlobes. Um, that's just my opinion. They should have that. That's, just, pig, that's my prediction. That pig should be hung from the nearest tree. Well, you know, he's he's going to have a weekend. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did you sit home and write that? (laughs) Really? No, I didn't. No, you don't understand. They were flowing out of him today. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Well, you know, the whole story just evokes a tremendous amount of passion from any animal lover that hears it. It's just sick. Yeah, sick is right. Yeah. I hope he gets everything he deserves. And more. I agree. That's my rapid fire. Thank you, Corey. (laughs) I have a rapid fire. (laughs) I like saying that, Bob. (laughs) Me too. Wait till you hear mine. One real quick... um, the Epcot menus will be updated this week. And just a little tidbit for you parents out there, the menus at Chef de France, they are actual um, chef hats. You know, they're a menu, but they turn into chef hats after your children have eaten, and they have Remy on them. So it's really cute. I wore it to the podcast today. You brought a prop, <laughs> prop today. Yes. I'm we'll following post a, in Bob's post a footsteps. Photo. Oh, no. <laughs> She's sitting next to him. She's turning into Bob. <laughs> following Yay. his footstep. <laughs> and his boot step. <laughs> I've trained you well, Grasshopper. <laughs> well, my real rapid fire is about a Segway tour out in California. It's called Cruising Disney's California Adventure Park Tour. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. yeah. So you hop on your Segway and you tour the California Adventure Park before the park actually opens. They instruct you how to ride the Segway, and then once you have shown them that you can actually master the obstacle course you're allowed to go ahead and go on your guided tour of the theme park you have to weigh under 250 pounds and you have to be at least 16 years old um if you're under 18 you will have to have your parents signature of course and you'll have to sign a liability waiver no matter who you are just in case you run somebody (laughs) over yeah Yeah, just in case just in case you run someone over. separate admission is required to the california adventure theme park and you meet in front of the sea in california at 715 the tour includes a continental breakfast, all-day parking at Downtown Disney District, a souvenir photo, and a collectible gift. The price is $99 per person, but if you are a premium or deluxe annual pass holder, that price is only $79 for you. 
But it is, it is, oh, excuse me. It is a two ticket minimum to reserve the excursion, and it's three hours long. Two ticket, two people. Yep, you Minimal. have to have at least two people in your party. That's a really oh. couples thing to do. Then. Reservations can be made up to thirty days in advance, and you have to call a number. So it's seven one four seven eight one four four zero. It's not a fourth number. <laughs> There's a problem there. You have to guess the last number. Yeah. Just There's a typo. So one through nine, people. One through yeah, nine. Yeah, one through nine on the last number. Just keep dialing until someone answers. <laughs> no, I'm sure there's more information on our website as hello, well. Hello, is this a Segway tour? <laughs> <laughs> like, hello, is this a Segway tour? Like, so disregard the number, please. <laughs> and to those people in California who have a number similar to this, we're sorry. Exactly. Actually, we're uh, not sorry. It's funny. Julie, yeah. does, it, does it say where the breakfast is going to be? No, it did not say where the breakfast would be. Because that sounds like a lot of fun. It yeah. does. Before I want to go. How, did, how does that compare to the Segway tour that you took, price-wise? Same price, right, Corey? Ours was 85. Well, yeah, you said like 140-something? Yeah, 85 for the discount or something like that. Yeah, I... It was like 140-something. Corey right. wasn't right. prepared for math. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Don't throw he, numbers at him. Yeah, he's been doing Where's my paper from last week? <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you very much, Julie. You're welcome. Bob. I have my rapid fire. It's uh, something uh, I like to talk about Disney doing good stuff. And uh, this past week they gave away, uh, they gave $1.5 million to uh, conservation efforts around the world. And uh, I have to applaud them for that. Um, They do a really good job over in Animal Kingdom uh, with the wildlife conservation. And uh, I just wanted to mention that. some of the act- things that they they do is uh, goes to the marine laboratories to study how to protect the dolphins from from discarding f- uh, from protecting dolphins from fishermen that discard fishing gear in Sarasota Bay, and then there's a, a save the elephant study of the interaction between bees and elephants. Okay, now you've heard interaction between the birds and the bees, right? Now, I'm trying to figure out what the interaction is between the bees and the elephants. I couldn't, I what, couldn't tell you. What's going on there? Does it have something to do with all the bees dying? I, do, I don't know. I don't know what. I mean, there's the birds and the bees, and now you've got the bees and the elephants. <laughs> I, I mean. Should we just let Bob die on this one? <laughs> I just, he's just choking on the vine. No. It's, I just decided to stay out of it. Let him explain it. It says birds and the, the bees and the elephants. I have no doubt I mean, that that's what's on your paper. Birds and bees fly, right? Elephant, well, except for Dumbo. Is this going somewhere? <laughs> he, nowhere fast. But anyway. We need a toilet flushing sound, I think. <laughs> Over and above that, I applaud Disney for the... I'll try and dub that in and post. The 1.5 million. Every time you hear a toilet flushing, you'll know, you'll know what it means. Folks. Bob gets his wings. Nope. <laughs> Honest to God, I thought you guys would jump on that bees and the elephant thing. Well, it says that they donate it every year, right, Bob? That it's not just a one-time thing. They do it every year. They're studying the interaction of what the bees do with the elephants. Maybe somehow these elephants carry pollen that the bees put on them. I have no idea. Anyway, I thought thought that part of it was going to... So the elephants are pollinating the flowers? (laughs) Pollinating elephants. Well, bees probably land on them. I I never knew that. I never knew that. I don't know if it has something to do with Dumbo or, or, or what. How I mean, he flies. Never mind. All right. Anyway, and I, that was great. That was well, a good try, Julie, to try to get him out of that. Thanks, Julie. Well, thank you very much, Bob. And uh, I, uh, I just have a little, uh, a little bit of an update on the changes coming to the Canada Pavilion at Epcot. The uh, film O Canada, thank God, is being updated, and the new film will feature Martin Short, who is a Canadian native, and he confronts misconceptions about Canada. He's going to be funny. I could, well, the updates to the film include a series of six aerial shots featuring Montreal and Quebec City, among others, and about 65% of the film will feature new footage, and the soundtrack will feature the 2006 Canadian Idol winner, Eva Avila. All right. Mm -hmm. All right, that'll do it for Rapid Fire this week. And uh, with that, we will move on to Mr. Varley and his report on the shuttle launch experience. Shuttle launch experience, Peter. It, it's really well done. Uh, it gives you a good simulation. I happened to, uh, when my uh, family was down from New Jersey for vacation, my son-in-law 
pulled me aside and said, I don't want to go to Gatorland. I want to go to Kennedy Space Center. So the two of us got in the car, and we drove out there. And from Orlando, it's about a 45-minute drive, which is pretty- You left the rest of the family and just went by yourselves? Oh, wow. Well, they said they were going to Gatorland, and we didn't want any part of that for some reason. And uh, Kennedy Space Center's open daily from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., uh, 6 p.m., 7 p.m. in the summer sometimes. And uh, they they built uh, this new building over by where they shuttle, the, the uh, model shuttle that they have. Mm-hmm. Well, they put that right in the corner next to it. And it's six stories high, and it's um, a really good queue line. And your pre-show, they do a pre-show for you, and they kind of explain what they actually go through, what the launch is going to happen, and what things happen, like uh, when it decelerates, and when the you remember when the shuttle uh, blew up the Columbia. Mm-hmm. They go through the transition of how everything happens and uh, what happens minute by minute on on the experience, and then they put you in the queue and um, you put in seats that are upright and uh, everybody's strapped in, and then all of a sudden the thing puts you on your back and simulates that you're ready for a launch, and. You know, there's a lot of warning signs and uh, for people that have bad backs or hot conditions not to do it. So what happened, I didn't go on the first time. My my son-in-law went on because I read all the signs. And you said, were scared. I got scared. Well, I, I didn't know how intense it, it was because I haven't done Mission Space yet because the intensity, intensity of that, uh, that ride. So... I was kind of reluctant to go on it. And so he came off and gave me a report that it should be okay. And so I went on the second time. And it it was a good ride, you know. And uh, it's equivalent to like a Star Tours, you know, motion and stuff. But they put you on your back, and then all of a sudden they they lean you forward, and you, you almost feel like weightless for a second. But... Uh, and you see what's going on for the shuttle, and there's a uh, one of the astronauts explains everything as it's going on. So it's really cool. And then uh, at the end, when you when you exit, it's you go down this ramp that's like just a circle down ramp, and you go down a couple of stories. And each flight that's taken off for the shuttle, they have all the missions on little placards and they explain what the mission was and uh, it, for each one of them. So there's about 118 or so mission plaques and it'll go through and it tells you the crew and the date that it flew and, and everything else, which I thought was really cool. And um, so what's the cost of admission cost, the cost of admission. This is all part of your, your pass to get into Kennedy Space Center for the day, mm-hmm. and it's just an add-on to that. that oh, well, thing. How much is the pass to get in for the day? The pass is thirty-eight dollars for an adult and twenty-eight dollars for children three to eleven. And how long was the ride uh, from Orlando? Forty-five minutes. Now, uh, Kennedy Space Center has uh, invested somewhere in the order of about seventy million dollars on this attraction. You don't put that kind of money in unless you're thinking you're going to draw a lot more visitors into your. Into your theme park. Do you right. think this is going to be a strong enough draw to get people to drive the 90 miles? I do. They advertise it as 280 launches a day, daily, that they do in this experience. So that's quite a few launches that they're doing, or and they're moving the people pretty through pretty quickly. It was a popular ride. I'm, we waited about 10 or 15 minutes. It was a rainy day, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, the crowds that you get at Kennedy Space Center are not yeah. like the crowds you get at Disney World, Universal, or SeaWorld. Right. Now, Bob, you're in this vehicle with a lot of people. Is it a vehicle? Or, um, yeah, that's, it's, it's a vehicle, and you know, it's like the Star Wars where you have the seats. But they then, allow a lot of people in there. I, I was online. I saw, I saw like yeah. a, a snapshot of it, and it looks like 
There were about, what, 30, 40 people in there? There's about 30 people in the, in the ride. Uh, but, uh, and the, the chairs have this bar that comes, there's two bars that you hold on to. And, it, you know, you go through a lot of shaking and everything, and the sound. So I mean, too intense for younger children, obviously. Yeah. Uh, right. I think there's a, there's a height limit that you have to meet. But it, when you're standing in the queue, I mean... As the ride's moving, the audio uh, is so loud that it you almost feel the building shake when it's going off, and it, it's really well done. And like I got, I got scared at you know all the warning signs, but it, it's not a bad thing. Now you, know? you need to go do a mission space and compare the two. Right, someday. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to touch base on a couple other things. The there's IMAX films. Uh, I saw the Space Station 3D where they show you the launch of the shuttle and they take you through right up to the Space Station. And that's a 3D IMAX? Yeah, it, which is cool. And then they have the other one is uh, uh, Walking on the Moon, which I didn't get a chance to. Oh, that sounds like it would be yeah, cool. It's, and it's is that also IMAX, 3D? Or? Yeah, both are IMAX films. And it, it's, that's all included in the price. Uh, plus you have your bus tour. And they have a new building where they have the Saturn rocket all on its side, and it, they show each section, and they they have a lot of interacting stuff. Uh, the uh, rocket garden where all the old rockets are, right? That's out there, and the uh, U.S. Astronaut Hall of Fame is included in that price too. So we found that you buy a one-day ticket, but you can go back a second day free. So I don't know a, how many people. I, I think you're going to have enough trouble getting people to drive drive the ninety oh, to, I understand to ninety miles once. But the, there's alone. a lot of there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of space history. If you're a space history buff, uh, there's a shuttle mock-up that you can walk through, and and get an actual idea of how how it is. Last thing, I found some props. I've had trouble with getting the Dole whips to the podcast. Well, this time I found something that wouldn't melt before I got there. It's freeze-dried freeze ice cream. Oh, I've always wondered what this was like. And Not me. <laughs> well, I figured I'd bring something back that wouldn't melt right away. So, Well, what do you, I, what do, you do with it? Like you add water to it or something? Yeah, I, don't, I think you put it in your mouth and it explodes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So many jokes, so little time. So little time. <laughs> but then I also brought another prop. Oh, this is weird. Yeah. Look at this. Read the directions, though. I wouldn't just eat it without knowing what yeah. to do with it. Yeah. Drop it in your coffee. You may turn into Violet from Add Willy Wonka. Add a Whip. Ready to eat, no refrigeration Coffee needed. float. Right. Oh, so so if I could only get him to do a Dole Whip like this, I, I'd be in great shape. Well, this is just weird. What's that other thing you have, Bob? The other thing I brought... Oops. The ice cream is... The pause you hear is Pete eating, Pete eating ice cream. <laughs> Dry ice cream. Um, it's actually not that bad. It's weird. Yeah. It looks like a big Necco wafer. It's like three flavors in there, right? It's Neapolitan. Strawberry. Oh, yeah. That. Strawberry, <laughs> chocolate, and vanilla. Okay. It's actually not bad. You know the things in Lucky Charms? Yeah. yeah. That's exactly the little marshmallow thingies. Mm. That, it has a kind of consistency. They're after me, Lucky Charms. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this one's not magically delicious. And what else did you get, Bob? How did you manage to drop dry stuff on you? The, the other thing I brought with me is I, I found this moon soup. Okay. That oh, John is making faces. Enjoyed oh, it's by... it's not that bad. This reminds me of the Nine Dragons. <laughs> we'll get to that. This has been on like ice cream Apollo me. 15 and 16 flights to the moon. Wow, it's old. It's so, it's a, so it's a 40-year-old can of soup? The, his, <laughs> the history of it is on the... Wow. I have a couple of those in my gonna, cabinet. We have hurricane food in our cabinet. The history of, oh, from Chalet Suzanne. Yeah. I'm not kidding you. That's no, it's, it uh, tastes like ice God. cream. Enjoyed by astronauts aboard Apollo 15 and 16. It tastes like the center of an ice but cream sandwich. They took him, that's what they took to the moon. So I brought some moon soup and I brought some ice cream. And I, the ice cream didn't melt before I got it here. Hmm. I think it's actually pretty good. Sorry, it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Julie, Julie has like a. I always wanted to. Buy, I always wanted to buy it, 
I when I was over did. there, but never just like I'm not going to buy that. This moon soup is expensive. Yeah, it is. It was three dollars and twenty nine cents for. It comes from the moon. <laughs> Thirteen <laughs> ounce can. It comes from like Lake Wales. Chalet Suzanne is a restaurant here in Florida. <laughs> I'm going to take it home and try it. I just want to say, Kennedy Space Center is a good deal if you can get out there and and see it. So. All right. Well, thank you very much, Bob. Appreciate the update. And we're going to move on to John, who has some updates on some discounts for us. We had a very, very busy week. A lot of discounts came out this week. Um, I'm not going to bother listing all of the codes. You can go to the, uh, the homepage of the Diz, www.info.com, and click on Discounts, and you'll be able to see all of the codes and all of the specifics of the individual discounts. The big news is there is a Disney Visa Magic Your Way discount. For Disney Visa card holders, a package discount for travel September 30th through December 23rd of 2007. Two separate codes, one for with and one for without dining, and they have to be booked by September 26th. They're uh, based on availability, and some blackout dates may apply. There's a, a general discount code out there for July 29th through September 29th, and... Um, there are two annual pass holder codes out and two annual pass holder discounts out. One for travel August 5th through September 29th, and the second one for September 30th through December 23rd. And what you've got is um, it looks like they're trying to really fill up this October-November time frame. What's really interesting about this September to December one is that if you book through certain dates – a minimum two-night stay for certain dates, you're going to also get a um, dining card. You're going to get a sort of like a gift card that's only good for dining. Um, and it depends on what kind of resort you book will be the value of that resort. For example, a value resort will be a $20 dining card. A moderate resort will be a $50 dining card. Deluxe resort, $75. And DVC resorts, $100. And those dates are October 21st through November 3rd, November 11th through November 17th, December 9th through December 15th. And again, a two-night minimum stay, annual pass holder uh, will also get that card. And it sounds to me like what they're trying to do is appease the annual pass holder who might not have been able to take advantage of the free dining about time they did something for an right. annual pass holder. And give them a little bit of extra, which is a really nice offer. About mm-hmm. time. There's also I, can't, a, see, I can't characterize it as nice. I can only characterize it as long, long overdue. Mm-hmm. Long overdue. That they did something for annual pass holders. Really. So, sorry. There's also a Florida resident offer, again, for September 30th through December 23rd. So you're going to find a lot of offers at Disney World for that time frame. Disneyland has a fourth night free offer. Book three nights at any of the Disneyland hotels and get a fourth night free for travel um, August 19th through December 12th of this year. Wow, that's good. That's a really good deal. Uh, There are blackout dates apply, and you have to book by November 12th. If you book a good neighbor hotel, some of the good neighbor hotels also have that offer as well. And those dates actually vary depending on the hotel. All of this information up on the Diz, so I won't read it off to you, but take a look at those really carefully. The big thing is, well, not the big thing, but one of the different ones is there's a book four nights, get your fifth night free only at the Clarion Hotel Anaheim Resort. And those are during specific dates, but those go through December. In addition to that, Disneyland is offering a $150 Disney gift card for travel between January 7th and April 24th of 2008. Book a Disneyland hotel stay and get a $150 Disney gift card with your stay. Um, That can be combined as well with the Disney gift card promotion through Dreams Unlimited Travel. Depending on what you book and where you stay, you can get up to a $100 gift card from Dreams Unlimited Travel. That's combinable with any of the other Disneyland promotions as well. That could cover all your souvenirs. Really Almost, could. yeah. Or your food <laughs> for one night. <laughs> Disney Cruise Line, some really good special rates this fall for cruises. Um, depends on the type of cruise and what you're booking, but you're looking at pretty much anything 
mid September, uh, beginning of September, September sixth through the middle of October, is going to have some good discounts for you. These are usually on Category Twelve staterooms, but as we know, you'll probably get a Category Twelve and a guarantee, and you have a good likelihood of being bumped up from that. Seven night Caribbean sailings start for seven ninety nine per person. September 29th through December 8th, 2007. Wow. And again, that's for the Category 12 stateroom and does not include the government taxes and fees. Well, if they're doing that, then they're not ex- they're not expecting their ships going out full the rest of the year. They certainly are not. I mean, we've also got Florida resident discounts for that time frame as well. So I think what they're seeing is um, they're seeing some less than full ships. And they're yeah. also seeing, look at these discounts at Walt Disney World. I mean... It's it seems odd to us because we know um, the number of clients we have traveling for the rest of this year, but it seems like Disney is not full. Yeah, as unbelievable as it seems for them to push and have the, well, these people come that's, in. That's only good news for us. Right, that's only good news for the, for the visitors because that's when the deals come. Yeah, when they're not full. In addition to the, all those really great rates, you can combine those with the Dreams Unlimited Travel Shipboard Credit Offer. We're offering up to $600 per stateroom depending on the sailing you choose and the, um, the, the type of stateroom you choose for your sale dates. And what's really great is that can be uh, applied for any onboard charge that you make. It automatically shows up on your room folio when you're there, and um, it's a great little extra thing so you can pay for some souvenirs or drinks or something like that. And that's through Dreams Unlimited Travel, www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Great. Sweet. Well, thank you very much for that. John, Bob, you're... Yeah, I have a couple of, of Dreams Res uh, discounts. Point of Vista Suites has uh, August 30th through September 4th, $69 for the t- two-room suite. Okay, that's over Labor Day week. Yep. And... Uh, that's a great bargain. It also includes breakfast for everybody in the in the party. That's a, and and with Buena Vista Suites when they and again we need to uh, just do a, a disclaimer that we obviously we do have a, a financial relationship yeah. with Buena Vista Suites on the site. Um, that what I do like about their breakfast it's it's not the the usual cheesy continental breakfast you get in most places. They actually have like an omelet station. And there's a whole buffet. They have a buffet. They, oh, yeah. It's a, fresh, it's a fresh, full breakfast. You can get uh, f- fresh fried eggs. Uh, the, the, the eggs will be cooked to, to order. But they do fried eggs. They'll do over-easy eggs for you. And uh, Nice but, breakfast. Yeah. And, in fact, the buffet breakfast is, is really good. I actually stayed at Buena Vista Suites uh, last week, and... The breakfast, everybody moves through. It's clean and and nice, and full stocked. So it's it's a great uh, deal. And the rest of September, they have a rate of seventy five dollars, which is a great bargain too. And then Radisson uh, has a um, exclusive offer: stay three nights at seventy nine dollars a night and receive a fifty dollar resort credit. And travel dates are August seventh through December twenty fifth, and you have, but you have to book by August thirty first. And check the uh, Dreams Res website for all the well, hotels. Yeah, yeah, we'll have links to all yeah. this stuff on our show notes page. Right. So we have some deals coming in with Re- uh, Sheridan Vistana too. All right. Great. Thank you very much. And uh, just to follow up with that, uh, our show notes page is podcast.wdwinfo.com. And that's where we have links to everything we're talking about in the show, all the news stories, discounts, uh, all the various items we discuss. We put links to those things in our show notes page. So you can always go there. You can also find our archives in there from previous shows and some other fun stuff. So uh, with that, we are going to move on to Mr. Kevin Close in his Close Encounters segment. And uh, this week he has gone to... One of the most, my most hated restaurant (laughs) on Disney property. I think it's safe to say Nine Dragons at uh, the China Pavilion at Epcot. And I'm kind of interested to know what your impressions were. So why don't you go ahead and take it away? I have to start with a preamble. One of the things that I keep hearing about is how great the Disney theming is at the restaurants. And what I can say about this is this is not that greatly themed in my opinion this is any town usa's chinese restaurant where people talk about how wonderful the theming is at whispering canyon cafe and i agree the the decor is absolutely beautiful and you're in a setting that's stunning the same with uh 50s prime time cafe it's fun and quirky this is just 
1970s Chinese restaurant. And I think that's one of the things that stops people from going there. It doesn't have the same level of ambiance as other Disney restaurants. Now to get into what I think about it. I didn't think this was that bad. I've actually never eaten in Nine Dragons. I've had the fast food takeout outside, and I would run screaming as fast as you could from that window. That food was absolutely awful. We went in, and it was kind of mixed. John didn't care for it. There were four of us. We made a dinner ADR, and we approached with hesitation. We actually had a backup plan. Where can we go after this? (laughs) In case this is horrible. Uh, We started with a couple of appetizers. Uh, We ordered the TriStar appetizer, which is a combination of three favorite dim sum, potstickers, shrimp and pork spring rolls, and chicken and shrimp shaomoo. No, that's the whale. (laughs) Shaomoo. I don't know how to pronounce this. It'll be on the the site. The other appetizer we started with was the Four Happiness Appetizer Medley, which was a cold appetizer sampler of ginger-flavored string beans, scallion-fragrant chicken breast, spicy beef, and garlic-savory pork. Now, these are expensive. The TriStar was $10.99, and the Four Happiness Appetizer is $12.99, but they're supposedly for two people. We got two for four people. And it was a lot of appetizer. We also had a bowl of uh, the wonton soup. The wonton soup got a a thumbs up. Wasn't bad. Wasn't great. It was wonton soup. I mean, you can't mess that up. You can't screw up wonton soup. (laughs) It's really kind of hard. Exactly. Chicken broth and wonton. So... Uh, John, as I said, didn't care for this. John is very, very, very choosy about his Chinese food. And, so am I. And I didn't think this was bad. I think the worst thing that can be said about Nine Dragons is Disney has dumbed down Chinese food to the point of it almost being unrecognizable. Uh, I'm kind of embarrassed by the fact that we talk about how great the Food and Wine Festival is, and they serve authentic food from different regions of the world. However, their permanent restaurants are serving the most basic, dumbed-down version of ethnic food you can possibly imagine. This was the biggest complaint I would have is that this stuff is bland and boring. It was... It wasn't bad. It was edible. Everything that was supposed to be hot was hot. Everything that was supposed to be cold was cold. It's just very, very lightly spiced. There's not a lot of real flavor to the things that we had. And again, not bad. So if your taste runs towards the bland, you're going to do fine. There's nothing here that's going to set your heart afire, but it's also not going to kill you. That's one thing about Chinese food, though, that you always end up dousing your food in soy sauce or spicy mustard, you know. See, I I disagree. I mean, we had, it's no longer there, we had a very good local Chinese restaurant by us. Everything was flavorful and wonderful and just was terrific. You didn't have to do anything to it. This they brought out was absolutely the worst Chinese food I've ever had. Well, see, this has always been my complaint, is that the food is bland and flavorless. It is absolutely no better, if not a few steps worse than the Chinese food you're going to get at, a, at your local restaurant and you're being charged an absurd amount of money for it. Well, we said the same thing last week about 50s primetime chicken. I think the Publix chicken where you get a whole fried chicken for six ninety nine. But at least at 50s you had some form of entertainment. I think we need to back up though and tell them about our seating experience. <laughs> we walked in and we had a reservation for 6 o'clock and we walked into a restaurant that was, I would say, moderately full wasn't empty, wasn't packed, and we had someone in a wheelchair. And we were shown one of the two tables that accommodates a wheelchair. We are talking the back corner of the restaurant, uh, right by the service door, right by where they take the dirty dishes in. And I was told that we could have our choice of those two tables. And when I asked why those were the handicapped accessible tables, um, this is kind of hard to describe on a a podcast, but if you can picture the top of the table, around the bottom of it, there's a skirt, a carved wooden skirt. It's a piece of wood that fits along between the legs of the table and just sits sort of perpendicular to the tabletop. The reason that those two tables are handicapped accessible is because they have had the skirts removed. Mm. 
Well, we decided we didn't want to sit in the dark back corner and made do. I don't understand if this is the the what the hurdle that wheelchair patrons have to get over. I don't understand why Disney doesn't come in with a rubber mallet and knock the skirts off the table. Problem solved. People in wheelchairs can sit at any table in the restaurant. Exactly. And this was, I have to tell you, this was a this was a hurdle. They this was a Laurel and Hardy sketch. It really was. Who are we going to seat him? And now where are we going to seat him? And now go back to the front and now wait some more and now come back and get the manager and get the manager and whisper, 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 whisper. And we, I said, why can't we just sit at that table over there? Which was right in the middle of the restaurant. And I can understand wheelchairs take up more space. We're very, very aware of that. However, I feel it's your duty to make arrangements for that. The Americans with Disabilities Act says you have the same access to every other patron. As every other patron. Uh, this was a huge stumbling block for the servers and the seaters and the hostesses in this restaurant. And a language barrier seemed to be an issue. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that it was really an issue or if it was their way of sort of stonewalling us from letting us move. Mm-hmm. However, I think they finally just got to the point where, listen, this is a wave that's just not going away. Let's put them wherever they want to sit. So they'll shut up and sit down. What if they have more than two people in wheelchairs? That's what I was thinking. I I said the exact same thing. And while we were sitting there, I watched them seat both of those tables. Now, the restaurant did fill up, and neither of those tables was reserved for someone in a wheelchair. So those two tables were used by patrons not in wheelchairs. And I'm not suggesting that that's a bad thing. I think I've always said if there's an empty table... It doesn't matter who you are. You should get it. Yeah. However, those two tables were, we were told that's the only places we could sit. Yeah. And while we may do, it's not comfortable for a person in a wheelchair. Plus, and they made you uncomfortable to, to be seated. Right. That's not good. And it just so happens that the person that was in the wheelchair is one of those people who's just not flustered by it. So this wasn't a huge ordeal other than the fact that it's kind of embarrassing to stand in the middle of the restaurant and have to have this discussion while everyone... The other thing about Nine Dragons is, in my opinion, there are too many tables in Nine Dragons. Yes. It's very, very tight by Disney standards. The restaurant is very crowded. They brought our entrees. Uh, we got over the table issue, and I offered to knock the, the skirt off from under the table. I thought, <laughs> I could do this with the heel of my hand. Do you want me to fix it? <laughs> I have to go back to the appetizer a second. They they brought out these appetizers, which I know you didn't think were all that bad. As a matter of fact, you liked a couple of them. I did. I thought some of them were okay. I just thought they were awful. <laughs> they brought out this pork thing. And I'm usually the picky one. He is. One of them was cold, wasn't it? You said? One of the platters. It was served was, cold. Everything was cold, and it was yeah. supposed to be. They brought out this pork dish. And the pork was cut square, which kind of like thin square pieces, which kind of freaked you out in the beginning, thinking, you know, where'd they get a square pig from? But it had the consistency of pre-chewed gum. It was the most disgusting oh. thing I had ever put in my mouth. Oh. I actually that's a bad cold or that was cold or hot. That was a hot one, and yeah. it had it. No, it was that was one of the cold oh, yeah, ones, right. and it came in a Thai peanut sauce, like a. a oh, yeah. Well, we then went back. And there was something on the menu that intrigued me. It's called salad in a vase. Or a vase. Vase. <laughs> but I'm sure if you use the word vase, you have to say salad. This was salad in a vase. It is $5.95. And it intrigued me to the point that after our appetizers had been finished, uh, we ordered one anyway. So it came with our entree. And what it is, is it's a glass, filled, a glass vase filled with crushed ice and vegetables chopped the long way. So that you get long, I'm going to say the, the length of a, a pencil, an, an unsharpened pencil, spears of cucumber and carrot and uh, asparagus and something called a daikon radish, which has the taste of a regular radish but yeah. much more mild. And it comes in this vase like a bouquet. It was stunning. I imagine that anybody who has kids and is looking for them to get veg- eat vegetables, this would intrigue, I think, most kids. Mm-hmm. And it came with a dipping sauce, which tasted like Thousand Island toothpaste. Ew. Oh. <laughs> the vegetables were really good, though. They were the best part of the meal. And it did. It had this. It, it tasted good. It tasted like Thousand Island dressing, but it had the consistency of toothpaste. So I don't know what was in it. Uh, our entrees came out. And again, this is where the dumbed down portion comes in. We had a Canton pepper steak. Uh, we had a uh, sesame, uh, honey sesame chicken, and we had General Tso's chicken. These are basic 
Chinese dishes in any Chinese restaurant you go to any place. You should be able to drive any place in Orlando and stop on a corner and hit a Chinese restaurant. There's one on every corner. Mm-hmm. And they're all called they're, China. They're not all good, but no. <laughs> I mean, I've only found two that I like. Well, the Canton pepper steak was uh, that I didn't care for it. I didn't care for the flavor of it. The person who ordered it, my dad, he ate every bit of it. He that, thought it was okay. That's one of those things where steak should be in air quotes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> steak, quote unquote. John got the General Tso's chicken, and it was, it was chicken and brown gravy. All of the attributes you would normally associate with General Tso's chicken, um, uh, the the sort of crunchy outer coating, the spiciness of it, this was very, very dumbed down. It was chicken. None of the hot peppers or anything in it? Nothing hot, nothing spicy, Uh, nothing There was nothing hot pepper about anything we ordered. I wonder if you could ask for it to be... I asked. I said, how is it served? And she says, it's served mild. I said, okay, great. Kick it up a notch. Well, I didn't want it hotter than that. Oh, okay. Uh, I ordered the honey sesame chicken, and I won. I had the best meal. However, it was light. It was um, the the coating was crispy. The honey sesame glaze was good. However, it was seventeen ninety nine. Now, were these like little chicken wings? No, it's pieces of white meat chicken in a a batter. It was definitely white meat chicken. Um, I, I. we had my mom with me, and we, I've talked about her before. She has dietary restrictions that are very, very stringent, yeah. and she was eating it. And that, to me, tells you, right, or in my opinion, that says there's nothing spicy about this. She thinks salt is too spicy. Uh. So this was very, very, very simple, and it wasn't bad. It all got eaten. However, it's at $18. You should have something that's a little bit more authentic, and I've been. You want to be excited about your food. That's a really. I don't even mean, mind that, but that's a really good. You should be excited about the food you get. This was eating. This was not dining. I also think that when you go to Epcot and you go to one of these restaurants, you're expecting something a little bit different than what you can get. Well, that's why I equated it to the Food and Wine Festival. Right. We talk about the authenticity of the Food and Wine Festival. None of the uh, the restaurants in my opinion in Epcot have that level of authenticity. This is dumbed down um chunking Chinese food that you can get in the freezer section. Thank you. Edible, but it's not worth the price. You're not going to walk out of there. Th- I didn't walk out of there thinking this is absolutely horrible. I walked out of there thinking this was kind of sad. They had the opportunity to give us something worth the money. See, my first experience, I also felt sad, and the sadness rapidly turned into anger. The more I thought about where this restaurant is, what this restaurant is supposed to represent, the number of people that get suckered into having meals in this restaurant after all these years and all the complaints. I mean, we're not the only ones. We're not not voices in the dark here talking about how bad Nine Dragons is. This is pretty much commonly held Mm -hmm. among anybody who spent any time following this. But I think you can do that all the way around World Showcase. I I think more so with Nine Dragons than anywhere else, and I think because... The the, the the distance between what it should be and what it is is just greater there than at any of the other restaurants. Yeah, see, I feel that way about the Mexican restaurant. Those are the two, Mexico but and China. Mexico, I agree with you about but, Mexico. But at least Mexico gives you an atmosphere. Yes, they do give you the atmosphere. Okay? That's true. But it's at least, really bad food. But at least, yeah. f- at least I have an atmosphere. Yeah. At least there's something to distract me. The only... From, cool. from the bad food. <laughs> the only thing that's atmospheric about China is this restaurant, Nine Dragons, is that it has an incredible bank of windows that overlooks Epcot and overlooks the lagoon. And if you're lucky enough to get one of those tables at those windows, that's a fantastic view. I'd if you're to... not, though, you're stuck having right. a look at your food. We were in the middle of the restaurant. You had to sort of crane our heads to see outside and stare at this. I would venture uninspired... to say that those might be the best seats in Epcot. As far as restaurants are concerned, mm-hmm. those might be the best real estate, the restaurant real estate in all of Epcot. And to sit there and be served mediocre food is just, it's, it's sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, it goes downhill from here. Uh-oh. As if it's possible. That was a good part. Again, you, you really disliked this. Oh, I, I didn't it. dislike it. I thought the food, oh, you know what? We did order fried rice. Don't bother. 
They screwed it, up fried rice? Oh, I remember well, that fried rice being awful. It's white rice that's brown. Oh. <laughs> it's just it had no, we had white rice and we had fried rice. Yeah. And we did a taste test. And I, we tasted it and I said, which one are you eating? And there was no discernible difference That's, other than the color. The visualization was different. How can you screw up fried rice? It, well, like, there was no, there was very little in it. It was brown rice with, it, they didn't even use a good soy sauce in it. Hmm. It was just, it was indiscernible from the white rice. That's bad. Then we had dessert. Okay. Before you get to dessert, I just have one question. The, the meal that you got. Is that something that you'd split between two people? No. It's, no? I split it with my mom, who eats very little. You know okay. how much his mom eats. You know, because some Chinese restaurants, you get a, you get a, a, a meal I thing, would, and you can yeah, share it. Huge. I would venture to say on these chicken dishes, we got all of 12 pieces oh. of nuggets. I'm going to guess you got six, six ounces of chicken. Yeah. Okay, that's I uh, just wanted. No, this isn't. Let's go in and order two things and all share it. It yeah. would be one of those things that if you all ordered an entree, you could like pass it around. Okay. The very worst part of the and again, our server was terrific. The very worst part of the meal was we asked to see the dessert menu, which completely startled her, and she said, "Okay, I'll show it to you." And she came over with two dishes, and I think at this point, John ordered <laughs> dessert for comic relief. <laughs> there was a berry fruit. Roll up cake and a oh, chocolate fruit roll up cake. You're kidding. No, so those were your choices. And ginger flavored ice cream. That's it. Three <sighs> choices. And this was one of those, I forget what the word for it is, but it's one of those real thin cakes where they spread a layer of nondescript berry jam on it and rolled it up and cut it on the diagonal. There's a word for it, and I'm sure somebody oh, will yeah, tell me. Uh, yeah. Sponge cake. Like a sponge cake. This was the driest, most flavorless, absolutely wretched dessert. They should have given us this for free and thanked us for taking it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's how bad it was. <laughs> no dessert. Um, this was very, the dessert was very, very, very bad hospital food. Oh, wow. Very bad hospital food. Not the whole meal. The dessert was laughable. You would have like, rather have the Jello. I would have rather had nothing. You did better <laughs> off dipping your fortune cookies. Sounds in like vanilla the vanilla ice cream. You know what? I did. The fortune cookies are good. They're chocolate and vanilla. Oh, However, they had these weird fortunes in them that weren't really fortunes, as opposed to like statements. Yeah, go to Canada, <laughs> eat supper. Um, this is not some place that's going to kill you. However, you're going to walk out thinking I could have done this any place for a third of the price, and you're not getting that level of entertainment. You're not getting that level of theming. Our server was very polite and efficient and non-eventful. There was nothing eventful about our meal other than the fact that you have to sit at a table in a corner if you're in a wheelchair. I find that in any Oriental restaurant that I eat in. Like, you know, they just, I mean, I don't know. It's just different. And this meal was for four of us, and technically only three of us really ate. Was- yeah, we did have two appetizers for four people. We split two appetizers that served two. It was $119. Wow. That's before the discount. That's before the Disney dining experience. That's like the most you guys have spent that I can remember. Besides like California Grill. Right. It's a lot of money for Chinese food. Yeah. Wait, how much? $119. And like I said, literally the equivalent of three meals among four people. Mm -hmm. And nobody's drinking. No. There was a diet soda. That was the only. I'm saying no alcohol. Nothing. No alcohol. There was a soup. Two appetizers that serve four of a salad and a vase. Go and order that. That's the best thing on the menu. And three entrees and two of the world's worst desserts. That's what it was, $119. Mm. We have the menu. If I don't know if it's been updated or not, but you can check out what's on there. I would just say, you know what? Go someplace else. Before we completely wrap up, the best part of the meal was what we saw afterwards. When we went into the China Pavilion. Oh, yeah. They have the temple warriors. They recently, in the 60s, found those warriors, those 6,000 terracotta, oh, yeah. terracotta warriors. Terracotta, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a, I, I, it's one of those things that that's a very, I don't usually get to that side of Epcot. Yeah. And I don't, have always said that if I get in there, I'm going to go see these. There's, it's a, a, a semi-permanent exhibit. They have a miniature version of those. And it's a 10-minute a thing. But it's awe-inspiring. Wow. Spectacular and fascinating. And 
there's a couple of little plaques around that explain, and there's a short movie that shows you how they found them and how they um, excavated them. And there are 6,000. That would be really cool. Yeah, there are 6,000 of them, and each one is individual. Yeah. Each one is absolutely unique. Now, they were, they were buried with uh, uh, an emperor, weren't they? Kin, Q-I-N, Emperor and, Kin. And it was like... Uh, four to six hundred BC or something yeah. like that's that. incredible. I watched something on TV about it. And he <laughs> had these six thousand terracotta, life-size terracotta soldiers carved to be buried with him. And they were they're six feet tall, and every single one is individual and unique. They're, it's amazing. They they were made to protect him in the afterlife. In addition to the soldiers, there were also horses and carts. Now these are not the full size terracotta. These are about two and a half feet tall. Right, but you, they're grouped into this mass. And this is right outside. I would highly recommend you going in to see it. It's worth the 10 minutes to see it. I thought it was spectacular. Yeah. That was actually, it was the highlight of the meal for us. <laughs> well, that's a shame. So, I, that's my review. Well, thank you, Kevin. I appreciate it. I can't say I'm surprised. But uh, glad, you, uh, glad you went and checked it out. I'm glad it wasn't quite as negative as I thought it was going to be. Whispering Canyon, the food was worse, though. Really? I just want you to know. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much, Kevin. And that will do it for Kevin's review. It will also do it for our show this week. We hope you enjoyed it. And we will be back next week with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. <laughs>